Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week, I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. Hey there, my wise friends, and welcome to episode 59 of Collective Wisdom. I've got a really great guest for you today if you're at all interested in hosting your own podcast, as I'm joined by my producer, Chris. We talk about all the things you'll need to do to get your podcast off the ground, including my number one tip, which is to find a good producer, not only to ensure the sound quality is as good as it can be, but also if, like me, you need an accountability partner to just keep you on track. Chris is such a lovely guy, and as you'll hear, he really knows his stuff. We talk about everything from equipment to use to some of the best ways to monetize your podcast. And Chris has very generously shared a recording setup guide, which you can download from the link in the show notes. I know that although he spends a lot of time on the production side, being on the interview side of the mic is a new experience for Chris, but I think you'll agree when you hear it, he's a complete natural. Joining me today is my trusted podcast producer, Chris Hall Franskoviak, who runs Between Tracks Media Productions and is probably the main reason you're listening to this podcast at all, as Chris is the person who's helped me get the production going since the outset and definitely keeps me accountable for producing each episode and then works his magic with the sound quality to make it easy on the ears. There are two reasons I've invited him to join me on the podcast. Firstly, because I'm asked a lot about the process of starting a podcast and what's involved, which I hope we can dig into here, but also because I get to ask him one of my favorite questions, which is, so tell me, what's your story? As in Chris's case, I don't know all the details of how he came to be doing this in the first place. And then there's a final reason, which is that if you're looking for someone to help you get a podcast off the ground, then I highly recommend that you should have a conversation with Chris. So Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. And as I said at the beginning, I'm just so glad I can finally ask you a bit more about what's your story. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for, for having me. So yeah, delighted to go into it. Yeah, so, so let's start right at the beginning. What um, took you to sound engineering? Well, I guess it's been something that I've done throughout my whole life, uh, right back from when I was a teenager at, um, at school and college. So it's been in different uh, forms, something I have followed and has led me to different places uh, geographically as well as kind of profession professionally uh, mm -hmm. throughout my life. So it's just been a big passion of mine from whether it's been in podcasting or music, sound engineering, that side of all of those different things for, for a long time. So, yeah. And, and it struck me as well, you know, for someone who's listening to this and goes, okay, sound engineering, but I'm not sure exactly what that encompasses, you know, what there's podcasting, but what else will that sort of incorporate? Yeah. So currently I'm a, a lecturer in sound engineering and music technology at a place called Croydon College. Uh, so oh. that kind of stuff entails teaching people how to actually use recording studios to create uh, their own music and record it and capture it. Um, so there's all kind of the studio side of sound engineering, but then there's also the, the live performance side of sound engineering. So it's also teaching people how to become live sound engineers, to work in venues and set up all the PA equipment and things used for gigs, uh, that kind of thing as well. So, so yeah, it's quite a broad topic, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for you, the thing you really seem to have dug into is podcasting mm -hmm. and I know there's a little bit of a, a story there in that it was just pure interest from from yeah. having been a listener yourself yeah absolutely so I think because I've done pretty much all of those different types of things from uh, studio engineering live sound engineering but I, I think in doing 
podcasting and working in podcasting, it's it's sort of been the thing that I've realized this is my biggest interest. And actually the kind of post-production side of things, which I do here in terms of editing and uh, cleaning up people's audio and producing podcasts and stuff, it is probably where my real strengths lie as a as a sound engineer so i i'm i've done the other things i've I've done quite well at them but i think this is actually sort of the thing i've found is my my proper niche as it were i suppose yeah yeah yeah, absolutely and is is there is there a sort of one particular podcast that you'd say oh i was listening to this and thinking i'd really love to get involved more with the actual production yeah, side. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was starting as a lecturer, I so I take, have to take the train in and out of uh, the college I work at. So it's like an hour long journey. So I had lots of time. Uh, and at the beginning, I was just maybe listening to music and stuff, uh, but then sort of found podcasts. And the first one I found was the uh, Commode and Mayo film review, which is uh, like a BBC a radio show that gets turned into a podcast and they have all these extra bits with that podcast as well. Right. So I got really hooked on that and because it very it very quickly builds a sense of community with the podcast uh, and it's it's much more than just a radio show I suppose it's it's got this massive community that people actually get involved in it and I absolutely loved that and I'd sort of binged it went back to like really old episodes and almost started right at the beginning as far back as I could and got to the end of it and I was got to the end I was like okay uh, what's next <laughs> what do I do yeah, yeah. um so I just started thinking about the fact that I um, have the skills to be able to do the production side of this already with all the sound and sound engineering stuff I've been doing all the lecturing that I've been uh, all the topics I've been teaching and lecturing and it just slowly sort of grew from there as like an idea that I've got this time on the train I'm doing essentially got free time to be able to do this Uh, so I had to try and find a way into the industry any any way I could really and at the beginning I had no idea (laughs) how I was going to do that so it was just kind of scouring job advert websites um, just companies media companies that produce podcasts and spamming spamming them (laughs) to see if they had anything going and so it took a long time to actually find that first bit of luck that got me into doing it but it was so it wasn't just like oh I'm going to do it and straight away it happened it did take quite a long time to even get that first uh that first role right right and do you do I was I was interested because I only started this a year ago and by then everything was taken by by necessity into the virtual space mm. but you know I used to listen to a podcast called the high low I was absolutely addicted to a bit the same as you with, yeah. with the one you were describing and they had their sound engineer in the building with them when they were yeah. recording so I'm, I'm really intrigued because I mean we've always done it remotely and I think that's why there's been such a an explosion in podcasts because it does yeah, actually make yeah. life a lot easier but for you is that something that you kind of prefer to be on the on the spot live or how does it work? Um, I, th- I would say that for the majority of podcasts certainly that I've worked on it's been like this it's all been remote and there might be situations where okay it'd be nice to sort of be in there to help them just sort of tweak that little thing to get the the recording slightly better but to be honest with you this, this is the amazing thing that podcast allows people to do and mm. platforms like zoom and things like that allow you to for free record podcasts like this so yeah. pretty much everyone is doing it remotely there are podcast studios you can go into and use and stuff like that but um, for me it's all been helping people remotely whether that's and it also helps me to work with people internationally as well so I've been working with people in the US a lot and even from Europe and Hong Kong and stuff like that so so it just gives you that freedom to work with a much wider uh, spectrum of people really as well yeah yeah so it's not as if it's particularly there's a that you know if there's any snobbery around it or it should be live it's better if it's live it's kind of no not at all I don't think so I think that with podcasting that went pretty quickly maybe Mm. at the beginning but I think now it's so normalized to do it like this that it's 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 fine 
Yeah. And certainly, yeah, I, I guess even when I first started, there was an idea that you would try and get in a room with people live when you could, but that obviously takes, you know, travel from their side, travel from your side, yeah. and it just adds yeah. a level of complexity. And what I find is it adds a level of complexity for the actual recording equipment, because if I've got someone in the room with me, then I'm going to need to make sure that their sound isn't, yeah, isn't yeah. interfering with mine and all that sort of stuff. And that's, I don't have any expertise in that, you yeah, know, I haven't sort of Googled how to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, absolutely. And that that's, I guess, one of the things that people can be slightly nervous about is suddenly they've got to be a bit of a sound engineer themselves in doing this mm -hmm. kind of thing and setting up a microphone and uh, speaking into it, recording it, which isn't necessarily something natural to them so uh yeah i think particularly over the last couple of years as well with the pandemic podcasting is something that has still thrived and as you say exploded on like in terms of the growth and yeah. things like being able to do it re remotely is just part of the reason well a big part of the reason why that's happened yeah i think i think there's that's a big part of it but what you said about you know that that um podcasts that you listen to that had that real community around it. I think it's allowing mm. people to create their own little ecosystems and communities. Certainly that's the next move for me. Yeah. And there's something really intimate about the fact that you're in someone's ears. Mm. So even if you, you're only, you've got a relatively small um, sort of listenership, if you like, for one of a better word, it's, yeah. it's, it's actually very personal that you're speaking kind yeah. of almost directly to them yeah. uh, when they're out with the dog or when they're doing the household chores or whatever that's that's the thing about podcasting that really sort of resonates yeah. with me yeah absolutely yeah i think that's that's kind of why that i love it i'm not sure that radio is quite the same it, it, it's i think radio has moved that way because of podcasting if you like it's kind mm. of let's let's have more interaction with our audience let's have it more of a yeah. two-way conversation where we follow up and find out what do you want to hear more about you know that kind of thing that's it's that idea that you can you can really dig into something that you're passionate about that that motivates you and then you can find other people who feel the same way i think that's that's yeah. what i love about it yeah definitely definitely and then for you i mean we i i crossed paths with you because a friend of mine recommended i can't even remember his name now a podcast producer in in the US. And when he heard what I was doing and the fact I was in the UK and it was very baby and I was, this was my very first podcast, he said, Oh, you need to speak to Chris. And I'm so glad he did because yeah. the beauty of that was that you really helped me actually, even with the tips about how to record that intro and just getting the confidence to, you know, it, it was, it was the empathy that you had about, okay, this is going to be hard. And I think that's where your teaching background comes yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. You you really yeah. sort of well talk to me about that. I mean, yeah. So um, absolutely, I think um, that you can't get away from the fact that there's there's going to be challenges in doing it. Um, mm -hmm. There's quite a lot involved in doing it in terms of the the initial setup and then maintaining it. Not only just from the the actual kind of doing the interviews and things, but as you'll know, the sort of preparation for that, the yeah. booking of guests even sort of takes time to to then talk to them beforehand to get them ready for the interview. And then obviously there's the whole process afterwards to actually get the episode ready. So there's lots and lots of things involved in podcasting. And I I guess I'm I'm kind of a bit of a techie person who just really enjoys the 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 producing side of things and like you say I think teaching has really helped me to facilitate people um yeah. in these kinds of projects so um yeah I kind of recognize that there's things that you're going to be asked to do that maybe aren't within your comfort zone yet but they're kind of really important for you to get the show up and running. So sort of supporting people in, in as, uh, I guess, a way that works for them is, is is really important to me. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that came across right from the get go. It felt like I was in safe hands. You wanted the, the intro to be as good as it could be from a sound yeah. point of view, but also from, you know, the, the messaging and, and getting all of that right. So even to the yeah. extent of like helping with little script notes and this is what these are the points you want to think about, including all that stuff was really yeah. helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that those are things that I've built up over the years. And yeah, I found after doing quite a lot of shows both through um say i work for an, an age agency in the us uh, and they sort of help that has helped me to learn lots of the processes of launching shows and um it's just helped me build up all these resources that can support the host uh, as much as possible yeah and and i think the other thing i love about the way you approach it is that full organization it's like everything needs to have a, a place on the Google Drive and you know mm. and it is that level of organization which you know me I'm probably your worst <laughs> client <laughs> I leave it all to the last minute and I don't always put it in the right but having that knowing the step-by-step -step process that I need to go through has been life-changing because otherwise <laughs> but yeah there, there seriously would be no podcast because I would end up oh god there's too many things now I haven't done any of them and I haven't got them in the right place and, and what I also love about it is that you, as I say, that accountability, it's like it's going out every Tuesday. So you need the files and then you're the person that actually publishes it. You know, so it's kind of I always feel a sense of relief, even if it is 24 hours before I finally publish that um, it's like, OK, someone else is then going to take over that bit. And <laughs> yeah. It's in safe hands. Yeah, absolutely. So it takes a lot of pressure off the host. Mm -hmm. Um, and you you can stick to doing the bit that you probably enjoy more, which is this this part of it, Absolutely. the actual discussions. And then, like you say, you can hand it over, and then everything else gets done done for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you're worth your waiting gold. Let me just say that. <laughs> which brings me on to there's you know a lot of questions around monetizing po podcasts, and I'm not sure how yeah. much you kind of get involved with that that that's my again my next big challenge is to find a sponsor for a whole season hopefully and yeah. start to i mean the way it monetizes itself for me is i have found clients so it it was always designed to be something that oh i'm talking about coaching i'm talking about building businesses i'm talking about the things that interest me and yeah. that helps people when when we talk about a coaching agreement you know it's like oh i've already listened to your podcast you know this is the sort of thing that interests me so from my point of view it kind of already was yeah it was serving its purpose but what what would you advise someone who wants to sort of try and make it pay for itself out of the gate so for new podcasts i would say that what you're doing is probably the the main way that you're going to be able to generate uh, income from your podcast mm. it's something that you put financial investment into but you don't necessarily see a direct financial uh, return from it's Absolutely. it's like you say it's indirect it's from your it's giving you promotion for your business yeah. and when you think about monetizing a podcast it's this is that's normally the best way to be honest with you, to, to actually generate income, especially if you are just starting out and building up a listener listenership. Mm. Monetizing through things like adverts and sponsorships is something that will come maybe later on. So they will allow you to generate income from having, like you say, a sponsorship that might last a season or a certain number of episodes. And you have what could either be something called um host read adverts which is where the host is the person who gets given a little script either mm. by the the, yeah. the sponsor that you have to then read and put into each episode or there's something called dynamic adverts where you can sign up to a, a platform normally through your well these days it's starting to become more through your podcast hosting platform which is the, the website that essentially sends your podcast out to all these different places like apple and spotify mm -hmm. but these dynamic ads are something that is constantly changing throughout the lifetime of the podcast so you would sign up and say for example i want to have adverts based around a certain topic coming up in my podcast and you might have 
published an episode a year ago, but the advert will constantly be updating with something that is new and uh, current wow. for the listener to be able to to hear. I did not know that. Wow, that's interesting. God. Yeah, so there, there's kind of all these different ways of monetizing it. There are other things you can do, like you can do private podcasting. So uh, that might be where you're, you've got a private podcast that is only available to, or you only give essentially the link to people that have signed up to a certain course or something like that. So they're almost paying for the, uh, before they even get the podcast. And it's they understand that it's going to be something that comes with, maybe it might be as part of a package or something like that, mm. that, it, that is your from your business again but the podcast so like is like a part subscription of that. i guess yeah yeah. Somebody, yeah 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 that makes sense yeah. yeah so that's another way people monetize as well no and i i think it's important to what you said there was you know don't expect it to be something that you can make money from straight away it's it's yeah. it's an investment it's a slow burn it's kind of if you're Absolutely. in it long yeah it's about <laughs> consistency i would say yeah. Yeah. is the big thing so and that is what you help people build because, you know, I, I read, and I, I'm not sure if that's still a, the same stat that the average podcast, you know, there, there are now 3 million podcasts out there, but on average, they last for seven episodes before people start to fall and, mm. and not post and not pitch, uh, ship them consistently. Yeah. And I think that's because they don't have that support network behind them and it suddenly becomes overwhelming. Yeah. And I, th I think you need to go into it understanding, like we were saying before, that it's it's not going to be necessarily something that has a direct return financially. It is something that you uh, have to be consist consistent with. And that consistency is the thing that will build an audience and uh, allow you to therefore have those conversations where you're getting new clients or building mm -hmm. networking relationships with people that lead to other things. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. what the other thing I love about it is I can't even say how grateful I am for the people, you know, I started this podcast collective wisdom is really all about listening to everybody around us. And yet it's allowed me to sidle up to people, you know, some of the great mentors in my life, some people that have really got quite high mm. profiles. Yeah and say, listen, I really love what you're doing. Any chance you'll come on my little baby podcast? And every now and again, somebody goes, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so yeah. you get to have a, a real conversation with, with people that you absolutely admire and, you know, yeah. aspire to sort of get to know a bit more, which is, is, is one of the, I guess I, I, I didn't see it as a bonus when I first started because you didn't know whether that was going to happen, but yeah. Um, yeah. Now, the other thing we've got to do is geek out on um, the actual equipment. Um, sure. I, I got lucky in that I'd already invested in this little Rode portable microphone when I met you. So you didn't sort of straight away say, oh, no, you need to go out and get another piece of <laughs> kit. Or, yeah. But what would you say for someone who is, oh, before they make an investment, what, what are the, the sort of key things? What, what can you recommend? So... There's lots of different microphones out there and there's lots of uh, good microphones. So um, in terms of brands and makes, Rode is a really good one to look at. Another one called Shure, they do um, really good microphones for podcasting. So it totally depends on your budget and mm. um, what you're looking to, to do really. So... You can get USB microphones, which tend to be uh, slightly cheaper than ones that you would need what's called an, an interface, which is a separate little box to sort of plug your microphone into uh, to record with. But if you have a budget and you're looking for microphones, I would, yeah, the companies I would definitely recommend looking at are Rode and Shure and making sure that you have headphones. But like, like I've gone at the moment, you could just have your... Um, just phone headphones on, which is something that means that when you're recording, you're not going to have the voice of the other person coming out loud of your speaker. So it doesn't then go back into your microphone. And then, um, and then it kind of makes editing a bit easier. It will make you're able to split the two people up 
better right. in terms of your editing process and things like that. So, so I, I have to confess, I don't, I don't use a set of um, headphones because I, I can't stand the not being able to hear. There's something it does to the way I, <laughs> I think it's just because I haven't persevered and I haven't got used to it. Is yeah. it a disaster though? I mean, no, no, there, there haven't been any disasters yet, Cat. No, it's no. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of like, oh, maybe I should be thinking of my headphones. <laughs> But it is, is something I definitely recommend. Um, and yeah. say anything else, the, the, the room that you're in can, can have a big impact. Mm. So things like if you really want to uh, sort of optimize your sound, then you'll be thinking about if you've got bare walls in your in the room you're, you're in, that you would have uh, acoustic treatment on the walls and all this kind of stuff, which you can buy from places like Amazon and things and just sort of stick up on the walls. Um, if you've got windows that are just sort of bare, bare windows glass is a very reflective sound so you, uh, uh, material so you get lots of sound bouncing around the room so even yeah. if it's closing the curtains or, or something on your windows it will help stop those reflections happening and soft furnishings and i must admit yeah. that's that's something else that i mean i envy people who do all their recording in those proper dedicated sound booths you know they go and they record in batches i i think i i yeah. envy the batching more than i envy the the sound booth but, <laughs> yeah but i know as someone who moves around quite a lot i don't always record from the same place and therefore yeah, i i can hear the the, the 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 times where it's like that was not an ideal space for recording but then but that's that's another just reality of of, of life really people are mm. moving around you you may not be in the same space every time so again i think with podcasting it's slightly more accepted that the sound might it's not going to be like radio broadcast standards mm, mm, mm. but people are happy to listen to to it because they're getting value out of the the content that they're listening to and like say the community that's being built with it yeah, so okay. yeah i don't think it's as much of an issue as you would necessarily think but i do think that one of the 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 bonuses of having a producer is you really do put the sound through its, you know, at least the levels are the same. So you don't get that sort of the guest saying one thing and the, you know, the host not yeah. being on the same level, which is brilliant. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's without getting too geeky, there's a, a lot of kind of things that I'll do to, to people's audio um, afterwards. And yeah, don't want to get very technical because it will bore, bore people. <laughs> but yeah. No, it's, no, no. But I mean, it, but it is, I think it's, it's worth noting that. If you're going to do it yourself, which is also possible, yeah. it's more than just editing the speech and cutting and yes, pasting absolutely. it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's a lot to it to make yeah. the sound as, as good as it possibly can be. Yeah. And they're quite important things really to, mm -hmm. to because ultimately what, I, what I'm thinking about as a, a producer is the fact that platforms like Apple and Spotify have certain requirements of every bit of audio that goes up onto that platform mm, mm. and they've got for example uh, something called a loudness level that if you go above it they're going to squash your uh, or turn down your audio to hit their loudness level or right. if it's too if it's too quiet they're going to bring it up so if you put something on there that you is way too loud, suddenly it's all going to sound very squashed and not very nice. Or if you put it on too quiet and you've got lots of noisy things happening in the background, all that noise is going to be really loud as well when they turn it up. So it's just all these things that you don't necessarily know about, but mm -hmm. are happening mm -hmm. in the background kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and what I want to reflect to you is people have said to me right from the get go, wow it sounds really good <laughs> which i think they thought i was doing it myself so they were kind of like <laughs> and then i had to give my secret away but um but no that's the other reason i would recommend working with a producer because there is so much more than just as i say the yeah. cutting the audio from the from the zoom call or whatever you've you've used and the yeah. other thing that i was really you, you put a post on linkedin the other day which made me think um around titles and seo and naming podcasts because yep. obviously that's quite a big thing right at the beginning i'll confess i started with collective wisdom because it allowed me to be broad spectrum i could go in any direction my curiosity took me 
And it was this idea that we really can listen and, and hear things from so many more people than we think we can. So given that my coaching is all about tuning into your own inner wisdom, it's like you have the answers if you spend some time listening. That's kind of the theme of the, the podcast. But what would you recommend for people who have, you know, the luxury of saying, oh, I haven't got a name yet. I'm just thinking about it. So for the actual main podcast. But yeah, if you're sort of naming your podcast, are there some do's and don'ts yeah. that you've kind of come across? Well, I think that in terms of the, the name, I think you, you actually commented on it, which was a really good thing to do, is to maybe come up with a few names and almost put that to um, a, a load of people and say, which one do you think works? Because it, mm. if you keep it to yourself and think, hey, that's great, the actual people looking at it might not think so um and yeah. or they might not actually know what it's about so keywords can be important both in i guess the actual title and of the podcast itself and your episodes as well but having even if it's just sending out to family and friends and things like that to get some feedback on it first is a really good thing to do. I would avoid things that are too overly long. So keep it quite in terms of the name, actual name of the podcast itself. So just keeping it to a quite succinct as possible. That's such a good point because you then have to talk about it. You know, you welcome to... And if it's yeah. like the yada, 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 yada podcast rather than just yeah. collective wisdom. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, think Just thinking about your niche and if there's, so some people are uh, uh, releasing a podcast, for example, as an author and it's based on a book that they've released. So being consistent with your brand is potentially important in some cases. But in terms of episodes, it's important to think about SEO and keywords for episode titles because essentially Apple and Spotify are search engines. So if someone's searching for a podcast based around business or something like that, having those type of words that relate to that are going to be important for people to be able to find your episodes. Mm. So... Yeah, it's it's little things like this that just help make your podcast more discoverable, really. Yeah, yeah. And that's certainly something, again, you offer in your sort of intro package, getting started packages, yeah. is, is talking through all that stuff. Have you have you really nailed it? Is this the name you're going to yes. go ahead with? Is, is It's a great thing to do. So don't think that you have to wait until you've launched your podcast. You, your process is actually about that whole yeah. launch in the first place, which is absolutely invaluable, yeah. really helpful. Fantastic. Now, digging into your stories, um, I was really sort of fascinated by the whole, I know you work as a sound engineer as a day job, as you, if you like, and then yeah. podcasting is still very much a, a side hustle. So what's been the, the biggest challenge for you getting this whole thing you said at the beginning it's it wasn't an easy oh, I want to be a podcast producer yeah. boom I'm in so I've been doing this now for five years I would say working in podcasting so at the wow. beginning it was literally just one like I say one person's podcast that I worked on and that was one episode a week so what I was earning out of it it wasn't any great shakes kind of thing it was just mm trying to and I didn't particularly know every, I knew the sound engineering side of things but actually running a podcast I didn't really know much at all so I learned a hell of a lot from that show yeah yeah so I was lucky enough to get signed onto a, a podcast agency in the US which I've worked with uh, up until still working with today kind of thing and that as well as my own clients has been something I'm building up. And I think over the last two years, it's really started to uh, progress uh, to the point where I'm now at a juncture of mm. will this be something I'm going to have to just do full time sort of thing, which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but the, the biggest challenges, I guess, have been time. So running a business as lots of people know, is a big time commitment. Mm. So it's not just doing the thing that you 
uh, are there to do the service you're there to provide you've got to uh, work, do all this the um, marketing the sales the uh, accounting everything that goes with that so yeah. having the the time commitment to be able to do all of those things as well as do my lecturing job as well as have uh, two under five-year-old kids wow. so is is quite quite a, a challenge I would say is that's been the biggest thing is time yeah yeah just fitting it all in and and as a freelancer I think it's 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 navigating the unexpected there's no one else to rely on so when you if you don't yeah. show up as a lecturer there's somebody who will say oh you know Chris won't be here today or and yeah, yeah you don't have to do all the billing but it's it's that there's no one else to sort of fall back on um yeah yeah absolutely and yeah, I think it's getting to the point where, um, like I say, it would be taking that jump and that that taking that jump, I guess, is one of the big scary things as well of mm. leaving the safety of the the kind of corporate world where you've got that uh, safe paycheck and stuff to, yeah. to just doing your own business. But that is a very exciting uh, opportunity as well at the same time and I'm feeling very feel very lucky in the fact that even with the last couple of years in terms of the pandemic things have still been growing and go, going in the right direction for that so yeah it's been it's been hugely challenging for lots of different reasons but I think that I'm finally getting into a, a space where it's feeling kind of like the time is right to do so. And it feels like, you know, as you say, it's, it's a five-year runway that you've built. It's not like you just yeah. sort of, right, okay, I've been doing this for five months and I'm going to jack it all in and then try and build yeah. that income. It's all those relationships, all of the, the clients that you've now got who are talking to other people and word of mouth yeah. becomes a good thing. And that takes a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's trying to, I guess, being a business person is not something that necessarily came, came naturally to me so I, I was very much sort of uh, always been someone who's a technical person behind the scenes doing all that that's what sound engineers are really so mm -hmm. suddenly having to put myself out there a lot more on things like social media to promote and market is something that hasn't felt very natural so uh, that's been a big big challenge to do that so I have really had to force myself to do that and I think again over the last year or so it's something that I because I forced myself to do it I'm starting to feel a lot more comfortable with and yeah. the important thing is that word, word of the mouth is great but at the end of the day you need to have a more structured strategy that is going to allow you to uh, have a successful business mm. so that's kind of what's been the important development over the last year or so for me really is to have that strategy in place yeah and it's really noticeable how much more present you are even in the time that we've been working together a lot more present than i am actually i need to build <laughs> on that but that actually has been a real it's been a real help to have you highlighting episodes to have you referencing my name and then you know yeah. you're associated with podcasts people who didn't know i had a podcast perhaps find out about it so i love that sort of symbiotic relationship that that comes from working with other small businesses yeah, and I, th I think that's really important though as well. I, I enjoy um, celebrating kind of the clients' mm. achievements and just the way they're getting to with the podcast and stuff. And like you say, it is a bit of a symbiotic relationship. I, I think that's really nice to see where people where where the podcast allows people to go because there's been some uh, amazing journeys that I've sort of been able to watch from behind the scenes um, with the podcast itself but also what that has meant for them within their own um careers as well which is great yeah and i think that's such a valid point is to actually uh, you know go into that at the beginning of the process you can never know where it's going to take you It'll definitely open yeah. doors i can guarantee that but defining your own success because for me it wasn't about I'm just about to hit 10,000 downloads, which I did not think would be possible in if someone said to me, you know, 15 months yeah, ago. Which is amazing. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I still don't know how really, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't one of my metrics. Actually, it was more about building that sense of connection to the people that I'm talking to. 
And so now that's going to be the next big push for me is saying not just go on to the next batch of numbers, but really bring it back into who are these people and am I really having a proper dialogue with them? Um, So defining your own success is, I think, really crucial in a world where there's 3 million people, 3 million podcasts to compare yourself. And it's, I mean, it sort of boils down to the same thing with things like the social media posts. You, You might get, a certain number of people viewing or looking at posts and things but it's not necessarily the thing that you need to look at with it it's mm-hmm. it's about those people who you are building up connections with and you might have a podcast episode that reaches 100 people but out of that 100 people there's going to be people that are, are becoming a, a real community with you and yeah. those connections are the things that are going to help your your business and promote your business and build that that network yeah and i mean and that that's one of the gifts for me is i get to as i say sidle up to people and go you're the kind of smart kind person i want to really promote i i want to shine a light on on the work you're doing which brings us nicely around to kindness um <laughs> i've always found you to be one of the kindest people on the planet you have been so accommodating of my terrible timekeeping um <laughs> but is there an act of kindness that that comes to mind when you think about things that have impacted you gosh yeah i've, I've been trying to think of this over the, the last few weeks in the build-up to this and i guess there's been lots of acts of kindness that I have received. And I sort of think back to things like um, my my parents over the years when, while I was growing up and stuff of being the most, I guess, open and accommodating to all these things I wanted to try and do. And they would always be there to support me in those those ventures, mm-hmm. whether that was just something small, like wanting to try a different musical instrument or something that they would have to listen to at home. And they'd- <laughs> Did, you, <laughs> did you go down the violin route? <laughs> no, it was never, I, did, I, I went into a bit of brass at one point, so some- <laughs> Bad trumpet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they loved that. But if, little things like that to kind of, um, yeah, bigger life choices that they were always there to support with, which has been amazing. And then the the other person that has kept coming into my mind is is actually my five year old daughter, who, um, and I, it's just amazing to to see. And my wife and I sort of talk about where does she get this from, kind of thing. This this just almost. I'm just trying to think of the right word for it. She she's so sympathetic to other people and caring that it's just so wonderful to see. And I yeah, I couldn't say a specific example of it, but it's just almost who she is in her nature. And that's that's Gorgeous. just been such a such a nice thing to be able to witness. Yeah, so, yeah. and long may it last. Gosh, yeah. I love it when yeah, and, yeah. And little five year olds who sidle up to you and they seem to understand that you're having a hard day and they yeah. <laughs> bring you something or yeah, yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. No, you obviously have a lot of fun with the, it's two girls, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You obviously yeah. have a lot of fun with them. That's a beautiful story. And so um music. You know the story. I've added this just because um, Desert Island Discs was one of my favourite yeah. podcasts. Going for uh, going back into eons, I've listened to like all of the um, all of the archive. But as a sound engineer, was music something that that led you to get involved with with sound in the first place? Uh, yes. So I have done music in lots of different kind of forms so i originally did music at, at sixth form college and music technology then uh, so uh and uh, yeah been playing instruments for, for a long time before that but I, yeah i guess i i learned over the years that the actual playing and performing is isn't my where i shine as it were I suppose I'm very much more the the person who works with those performers to get those performances uh, on stage and from the yeah like I say the the background technical stance Uh, but I've also done things like uh, uh, DJing so I was lived in Manchester for a while and me and a few friends Uh set up set up a, a DJ night 
that we did fairly regularly around the city um, and yeah, all sorts of different stuff and performed at a festival in Manchester and all that sort of thing. So yeah, so music's your, always been there. What's your favourite <laughs> when it comes to sort of music genres? Um, that's a very difficult question as well. And I think that's, mm. that's evolved throughout my life as well. So I guess when, while I was DJing, it was very much electronic music and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, I've definitely went through things like a Nirvana and all that sort of stage when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, now it's kind of very eclectic from things like uh, Cuban music to to indie music to soul, any, anything really. Wow. I've, even wow. with, the, with the students that I work with, just hearing the music that they create. Um, so Croydon is very much uh, influenced by things like uh, trap music, hip hop, grime, all this kind of stuff. And it's not necessarily something I'd ever listened to before, but like being able to sort of be around people who, again, just have that passion for whatever type of music it is, to see that be created is is a, an amazing thing to to witness. Yeah, I think anything yeah. that really lights people up, you know, and it's like, oh, I'm absolutely alive yeah. by this. Yeah. So so where, how, how easy did you find it to narrow down to one song that you want <laughs> um, to put on the list? It's, it's so hard. <laughs> like, it's very, very hard. So, yeah, I guess I was starting to think about different, like like saying different parts of my life where there was different genres and things like that. But I suppose there was always one band that really ignited that kind of interest in music. And as their music evolved, it then steered my direction of the different styles of music that I listened to, uh, which was uh, Radiohead. And they... Yeah, they kind of, as a teenager and sort of early 20s and stuff, I was sort of growing up whilst they were uh, releasing all these different style, styles of music on different albums. And uh, I guess there was one song that I particularly remember, I think I was almost sitting in a, when it, the album got released, I was just sitting in uh, the room, dark room listening to it. So I didn't have... I don't know, other stimulus that I was being sort of uh, taken away from it by. And that was, uh, this is a song called How to Disappear Completely, which um, I just thought was really beautiful. And mm. it's got this really interesting moment where things are becoming un unresolved and sort of feel quite tense. And then suddenly it goes back into this moment that is just very, and everything resolves again. And it just sound, sounds really stunning. So that that's the song that I'll I'll go for. I can't wait to listen to it. So you, you were saying the first time you listened to it, you were in a completely dark room. Yeah, I, don't know. I remember. I remember my brother came into the room and said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is what actually sparked that real kind of interest in how how this is all produced and yeah. being part of that world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I fabulous, think so, yeah. fabulous. So of all the. Um, the questions, the, the wisdom one is the one that percolates to the top because that tends to be the title of the, the episode. Yeah. So is there a piece of wisdom that has been really helpful to you, especially in the building the business and getting yeah. to it? I think just taking small steps, um, no matter kind of how small they are, will keep you going towards that goal that you're trying to achieve. So it's amazing. Some days you'll have these giant leaps. And you think, oh, this is this is amazing. And then it might take months for like these things to actually realize. But just taking little steps. And it's it's been such a, a daily process of trying to build this business and sort of committing to it every day, doing things for it every day. And just taking those steps to get there is is something that I think you, you have to do. Because if you if you stop and you sort of think okay this is just too big this is too big a thing to be able to realize then you're just going to get overwhelmed with it and you're you're going to be a bit demoralized by it but having like these small steps that you can take each day towards that goal is going to be some that's something that has really always stuck with me yeah that's amazing i think you know what i'm hearing is consistency is key and it's funny that you, yeah. you said that right at the beginning when we were talking about how to get a successful podcast you know it's, it's like just be consistent and yeah, part yeah. of that is, is yeah. 
working alongside somebody else, building in that accountability, having those systems in place that you you do so efficiently. Um, so it's that's lovely that it all kind of comes together because not only is that your philosophy, but it's how you operate in business. So fantastic. I'd just like to say thank you so much for taking the time. I know you said time is, a, is, is precious, it is for all of us. So I really, really appreciate anyone who's listening and is thinking, maybe I do want to get a podcast off the ground. Uh, should definitely have a conversation with Chris for sure. And I, I just wanted to say thank you. Really, it's it's an opportunity for me to thank you for over a year now of consistently helping get this podcast to where it is today. So thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's been a it has been a real pleasure to work work with you, Kat, as well, and and to listen to all the all the amazing guests you've you've had on too. So it's part of it is work but also at the same time i get to listen to all these these great conversations and different different topics and subjects that i would again yeah. never listen to before so it's it's just really great to be involved in fabulous well thanks for joining me chris and best of luck with with what comes next thank you very much and there'll be links as ever in the show notes for chris's business between tracks media productions and all the things we've been talking about i might even list out some of those essential pieces of equipment and things um it's a it's a handy sort of place to to go to brilliant thank you great cheers i really hope you enjoyed that conversation i'm just off now to give that song how to lose yourself in a dark room a listen and if you're thinking of starting a podcast, don't forget you can find all those helpful resources that Chris has shared in the show notes. I'm just in the process at the moment of getting guests lined up for season seven. So if there's a topic or subject you'd like to hear more about or someone who has an important story to share and you think they'd make a good fit for this podcast, do reach out and let me know. Next week, we're rounding off season six with a conversation with my gorgeous friend and hugely talented jeweler, Jeanette Walker for a chat about creativity and being inspired by the amazing nature around you. Jeanette is based all the way out in Prince Edward Island, Canada, and you can really see the influence of her environment on the pieces that she makes. I really hope you can join us for that one. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from, so I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.